Welcome to the Hard Water Fishing Show. Jeff and Jason talk tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We are alive, season six, episode nine. It's Christmas week, twenty twenty-two, or at least pretty close to Christmas, anyways. Was Santa good to you, Jeff? He was good to me. Yeah, Santa's always good to me. I feel like he's good to me year-round. So <laughs> maybe is that just because you're so well behaved, or just the Santa's very forgiving? Uh, I think I'm pretty well behaved generally. Okay, I mean, good, good. You know, I try. You know, occasionally we all fall off the the you know do things wrong i don't know what i'm falling off of the pedestal the yeah, don't fall off of stuff at your age you're gonna break <laughs> it, yep. the ice fishing shack i don't know whatever we're falling off of. don't fall off don't fall off the step or yes exactly the edge of your truck or <laughs> anything anymore it's no. not like oh i'll just get up and move on it's like ow i know exactly <laughs> i break something <laughs> I, I have to do training just to make sure i have enough you know wind power to get through the snow and stuff when you're ice fishing I know. yeah i don't train i just let the heart rate go up what do you oh let's see what's our topic our topic is is quite a wild one today jeff what is it <laughs> this is way out there we're gonna talk about ice fishing just gonna talk about ice fishing tonight so yeah i i can't wait it's an exciting topic we do really, have a live interview with somebody ice fishing on the ice we do with Oli. which is good yes. yeah our buddy Oli. we we called into location so we'll, we'll have that later on in the show so you guys have that to look forward to and actually he's got some real nuggets of wisdom buried deep deep within that interview <laughs> so you'll have to find them but they're there there's there's a really a really good nugget of wisdom about about fishing lure presentation don't you think yeah there was yeah. i agree there was it was it was a good little nugget and well supported with data yes. so as we would expect yes so um yeah you'll have to you'll have to dig that one out on your own and let us know what you think all right so what are you drinking jay oh so i i took a recommendation we have to kind of go to this this zach 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 b Um, had recommendations he did he had for me he had a coors banquet and that is indeed what i have tonight is a coors banquet golden colorado Brewed with 100% Rocky Mountain water since, I can't read, that's pretty small, 1873. Cool. So, yeah. I do like Coors Light, so Coors Banquet's probably just good. Yeah, that's that yellow can. Oh, and you've got the the aluminum can, like the tall. Aluminum can. I don't know, yep, the, yep. with a lid? Yep. So it doesn't spill. On, so I can, I can drink half tonight and half tomorrow. That's good, yeah. Those are really actually clutch, the containers. I thought, well, who needs this? But if you have a few sips and you have to move to your next hole and have a few sips, you can not spill it all over the place. Yeah, they're nice. They're nice. They're nice when you're in maybe a less stable environment. Less stable environment. <laughs> like if the <laughs> ice sheet breaks off and you float away, you won't spill your yeah. beer. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and you could put, after you drink the beer, you could, if you had enough cans, you could use them as flotation. There you go. <laughs> it's a safety device. <laughs> it's a safety device. Yes. It's almost 
to device. <laughs> so great recommendation, Zach. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, I hate to disappoint Zach because I did not get to the store to get a Sierra <sighs> Nevada Hazy IPA. That would have been Easy, clutch. Dank, something like so that. So I will do that in a future episode. I have from it's this is from I found a beer in the back of the fridge from the beer tour, the Texas beer tour. And I have a Celis Brewery Grand Cru Belgian style triple. That is so like that's there's a lot going on there in that name. Oh, this is brewed with Pierre Pierre's original yeast strain. I don't know if it's like sourdough bread from the Oh, there's a story. There's a story. Special moments deserve special beers. That's why Celis Grand Cru is made with the same special yeast strain used in the original 1965 recipe. Brewed with pale barley malts, saws, and cassad hops. The subtle fruitiness and complex flavor of this robust ale is wonderful for all of those special moments as well as those in between. The difference between the beer I drink and the beer you drink is they go in and they talk about all the hops and all the other stuff, right? The beer I drink is like, we use good water. (laughs) (laughs) We use good water from a spring somewhere, depending on the beer. And you're you're, like, oh, we the hops from the plains of Siberia or wherever they grow. From the plains of Tatooine. (laughs) yeah we just we just use water and it's good beer because we use good water i don't know it's fun it tastes really good because because i've been waiting to open this for a while yeah i know i hear that so show show business best places to interact with us on social media is instagram and facebook you can find us on tiktok jeff's kind of falling down on his tiktok production Uh, there's a new one out this week so don't be saying that wow you doing one every week? Well, I don't know. There's there's three of them. We have three TikToks. I don't, I don't have TikTok. So you'll have, can you do them as Instagram Reels, Jeff? I did do an Instagram. Oh, I might have done an Instagram Reel. Or a Facebook Reel. Yeah, I mean, we did one of those too this week. Nice, nice. I'll have to go check that out. Um, you can find us on YouTube at Hardwater Show, and you can email us at hardwatershow at gmail.com. And then we have that link tree thing that nobody knows what it is, but Jeff insists that it works. I think you just don't know what it is, Jason. I think everybody else does. I'm a pretty normal person, and I don't know what it is. On Twitter, or I'm sorry, on TikTok, uh, when you you could have a very limited space where you can put links, so they created this because then you can put one link to all your links. It seems like a solution in search of a problem. Mm. I don't know. Maybe. Could be right. (laughs) We want to moving forward. We want to thank all our patrons for their support. Uh, who's the patron of the show, Jeff? This is going to be Andy. Andy's going to be patron of the show. And Andy T. All right. So the patron of the show tonight is Andy T. Cheers to you, Jeff, and I will drink to that. Cheers. We do. Thank you, Andy. Very much appreciate your support. And just a reminder, if you hit the right support level, I think we mail you a hat, don't we? We Jeff? do do that, and we got some new ones in, right, Jay? We did. We got some gray ones with black lettering this time. Very cool. And they look very warm and cushy. And I got a special hat because my head is too big. <laughs> we had to get <laughs> Jeff a special hat yes. that's embroidered with the new embroidery because his head is the size of a basketball. It's true. 
<laughs> I can't help it. It's true. My it's mom makes me special made. hats just because I just can't buy them. how you were made. I, I, you can't, I can't buy a hat from the store, really. You should send your mom an extra card every Mother's Day, Jeff. I will. Like I will. I don't, there's not enough cards. <laughs> I moved up Listener News, Jay. Did you notice that Listener News is earlier now? Because we put our patrons or our listeners first. Actually, our patrons first, I guess, and listeners second. But Yeah. <laughs> Paying listeners first, everybody else second. But still high on the list, much higher than it used to Absolutely. be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's many ways to support the show. Sending us money is one, but sending us nice pictures of your fish is certainly another, and we certainly appreciate it. So, Andrew A., you should talk about this fish, Jeff. This is a nice fish. Yeah, he sent uh, really two nice fish. So one was a 24-inch walleye. He's in Manitoba. Andrew's in Manitoba. And this perch, 12-and-3-quarter-inch perch, do you see that thing? Yeah, that's a hefty perch. That is giant. Yeah, it's a good eater. <laughs> yeah, it's a big one, bigger than I've ever caught. And that walleye is a nice, a nice chunky walleye as well. Pretty. I mean, it looks. What's interesting is it looks young because I remember. So the biggest walleye I've ever caught is twenty eight and a half, right? I, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, do. You remember that, Jay? I do. I do. I was there. <laughs> I took the picture. Yes. But mm-hmm. it was pretty beat up. Like you could tell it had some miles on it, right? That. That twenty four looks pretty young yet. There's no chunks out of its fins, or I don't know how you age a fish. Don't you do like? Uh, can't you count like the the rings, lines in their gills, or something? <laughs> I don't like know. A tree? I don't think so. I don't know. I think there's. I think that's a thing. I know we'll have to figure that out and get back to everybody. All right, and then did you see this from up north kayak fishing? This is this is a crazy. Yeah, story. Yeah, you need to talk about this one. This is this is really neat. If you remember from the last show. We went up to Malax, and the ice around Malax, I believe it froze a few inches and then it got windy. So the first 30 yards out from shore was just, I mean, it looks like a, I don't know, like a broken up ice field. I mean, it's it's rough. And so I'm like, oh, I saw this poor guy walking across the lake on this crazy ice. And then a few days after the episode dropped, he goes, hey, I think that was me. And he sent me a video and a picture of it. So uh, that up north kayak fishing is his handle. And he he was out there and I saw him struggling on the struggle bus through this broken up ice. And I'm not doing it justice. It is like, I, I don't know how you get through it. It's crazy. We put the video out on Reels, I think I put it out on Jay, on Facebook. Okay. But... I mean, it is no joke. I don't think I'd make it through it. And then you're towing your stuff in a sled. It's crazy. Well, but you're motivated. Like, that's one of those things that's always a better idea on the way out than on the way back. When it gets dark and you're cold. and you. To- <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Talk about my ankles broke just looking at this picture. I know, and, and I worry about losing stuff. I always have, like last week when I was on the ice and it got dark, uh, I have my son follow behind, and I'm like, your job is to make sure if anything falls off to, to replace it. You know, to find it. That's a that's a good plan. So, so thank you, Up North Kayak Fishing. It was nice to see you from afar as I drove by and watched you struggle through the ice. But it was awesome that he listened. I mean, h- how likely is that that he listens and he was out there and I saw him? I mean, it's, it's crazy. No, I think that's awesome. That's awesome. All and right. thanks for reaching out. Really appreciate it. Yeah. We don't have a fact check, so apparently. Nice. We- Everything's. Everything's uh, now, now that stands. Yeah, it's been 
Did we didn't have anything anything from up north? Yeah, we did. We had a comment from Dave. Oh, not a fact check, just a just a it opinion a piece. It was an opinion piece. He said that I think didn't I tell the story about my brother's almost running out of gas? Oh yeah. Yeah, he said oh. Matt should have bought a truck with a larger gas tank. So <laughs> that's why they do. So when you buy a pickup truck and fork over half of your life and get the thirty six gallon of the monster tank, right? Because when you're getting eight miles to the gallon or six or whatever, then you don't run out. But I tell you what, it's takes it's hard to find new trucks and stuff like the way you want. So yeah, I think it's you're kind of like you get what you get. It's like school lunch. Although now I think you're getting to the people just order them, then you get whatever you want. And no, you get whatever the dealership brings in. No, but you can you can order it now. They that's a farce. Uh-oh. They don't they don't actually. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. At least. On the cars I've been looking at. All right. Well, then I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to. Well, maybe in a Prius, Jason. Maybe a Prius. You don't, you get what you get. I was yeah maybe because uh, you can go an F one fifty and say order my truck right or I I don't know. Have you actually tried it? I mean, if I have it. to, re- am I gonna have to buy a new car just to to you, prove this yeah. point? <laughs> well, yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, you know, you're. I don't. I don't think so. I think. A lot of the way the dealers are is you go in and you tell them what you want. You know, I want a red truck and I want this and that. And they go, okay. And they say, okay. And they take your deposit. And then they're like, well, we're just, you know, we get allocated so many vehicles per order. And then every dealer gets these allocated vehicles and they horse trade around to try to get the right car closest to what you want. No, I think you can go. I'm pretty sure this is true, Jay, for like Ford, Chevy, and Ram. I don't it know about be. the others, but I'm pretty know, sure you can Honda, say like Honda and Toyota. That's how they're operating. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can go in and say, "I want this F-150 that I have configured," and you can put your money down and they order it. All right. Well, if somebody's done that in the last three months, let us. Know. All right. I'm pretty sure it's done. But, and I'm not talking to Lightning, not those things. Just like a normal. Well, but then truck. Then how how come? When Ole got his truck, he got they kind of got lucky and found one on the lot. They couldn't just order one. They could have. It just would have taken six months. I think I'm right on this one. But I don't think we're talking right, about ice see. fishing. So <laughs> no, we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. Unless there's a pickup truck manufacturer that would like to sponsor the show, then we can talk about this. Some I mean, more. <laughs> we're gonna talk. I don't care really who you are. If you, we're, we'll take any one of them. If you make a pickup truck, or you know. Long as it's four wheel drive, otherwise you can well, yeah, sponsor maybe. an ice fishing show. Yeah, <laughs> and snow bear, snow bear calls. We we can do that too. Absolutely, I don't think they're calling anytime All right. soon. All right, current events, outdoor news, of course. Yeah, so where does that come from? Outdoor <laughs> news. They have good. We're going to get a cease and desist from them sometimes. <laughs> so I always quote them very well. So December twenty third, outdoor news. Steve Carney had an article about. Uh, how to get the walleye out of the hole. We've never talked about this. I'm just trying to get the dang thing in the hole. Yeah. No, you got to get it out of the hole. You've done this. Like, you know, if you catch a 15 or 16 inch walleye, I mean, it's still going to be a challenge, but you get those big dogs, like the, the upper twenties or the mid twenties, you know, you don't just pull your rod out of the hole, right? With the fish and go, look what I got. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you're not going to do that. So he had some tips and I added a few things. Uh, his first tip was don't panic. I've seen that happen. Yeah, I mean, you probably will panic a little bit. I don't know if panics. Well, yeah, panic. It's I getting. Might, it's like buck fever, but walleye fever. Yeah, kind of. 
right? I'm sure uh, Oli pulled my 28 and a half out of the hole, and I'm sure I had some dumb things that I said when I was trying to get that thing out of the hole. Uh, this one seemed obvious, and I think this isn't with walleyes, but to get the transducer out of the hole, I think that's just with any fish almost, unless you don't really care. I was catching sunnies this weekend, and they get wrapped around there. With sunnies, I mean, them things, sometimes they'll come out, but I think... Um I think some people have that transducer right at the bottom of the ice. Yeah. And depending on ice thick your ice is. But if it's below a little bit below the ice and you get like a panfish that spins in circles as they come up. Yeah. You think you could really run into a problem. So I like my transducer right generally I want it to the to the bottom of the ice, but right at the edge. That's where I always put Correct. it. Correct. I agree. But if the ice is thinner, like three, four inches, that's a little more difficult. It is. You're right. You can kind of maneuver so. around. You know what I miss? They, I think you must not sell them anymore. Remember for a while they had the automatic roll-up thing? You could push a button and it would reel up your... Oh, yeah. That had a very brief market. I always wanted one and never pulled the trigger, but it seemed like a cool idea. I've never seen any of them anywhere. I haven't either, but it seemed cool. Went the way of the... Uh, Auto jigger tip up. Yes. Yeah, well, I don't know. I wouldn't put it in that category. Auto. I mean, that's like in the Hall of Fame of most worthless, useless yeah. tools. And I ever. guess we can't say that 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 didn't work because we never used one or tried. No. It, so I apologize to the creator. Okay. Well, yeah. So the next tip he had was get the head started up the hole. And that's that's a key. Obviously, it's it's not going to go up tail first very well. Um, <laughs> But, you know, when you're lifting that, when you get to the end and that fish is starting to get a little more tired and you're you're gaining ground on it, you really got to pay attention to what the rod tip's doing because if you bang that thing off the ice at the top without it being lined up with the hole, that's, you get, you can do slack in the line, right? And then yep. you can shake that lure. And there's a lot of fish lost at the top of the hole like that. And I'm guilty of that because you're just, you're just so excited. You're just reeling like a five-year-old. Well, and then that panic, you think it was panic when you thought you had a big one, when you can see it in the hole, it's, it, then you're like, oh my gosh, it's humongous. Yeah. Like, cause they always look bigger in the water, right? So you're like, is that going to fit through the hole? Yeah, totally. I was watching a Jason Mitchell program the other day on YouTube. Yep. And, and just, it's from this season. I forget where he was at. I think it was on red. Okay. And, uh, he was catching nice little 14, 16 inch walleyes. You know, like eater size, 16, yep. 17 inches. And uh, he was—he said something very relatable. He was looking at this fish. I don't remember the exact words, but basically he's like, I wish that one would come up, would get out. It was kind of tra- like it had come off the, the hook. Yep. Right. So it's just kind of sitting there in the hole. Yeah. Right. And he's like, if you're a little bigger, I'd actually bend over to get you out of there. <laughs> You know, and I'm like, I feel you, man. You know, you get all those bibs on and you're sitting in your chair and it's cold and you're like, that's an effort to bend over all the way down yeah. to that hole to get a fish. It's got to be a big fish to get to get down there to pluck that thing out of the hole. Eventually, he had to give a little help to get turned around and back down the hole. But I was like, man, I feel you. I know. Well, and I have that problem in my one man. I've noticed there's not a lot of space in there and that gets a whole bunch harder when when I've had these big fish, you're fishing with another person at a flip over and there's space and somebody can come in and help. I've never yeah. had a big one in a small space. I would think that would be hard. 
Yeah, it would. It would be. Yeah, anyway, that, I got a chuckle out of that because I've had that same thought. I'm like, come on. I mean, I got to. Because a big one, you're sticking, you're falling down and sticking your arm all the way down the hole. Yeah, if you think you're going to go make after, a difference. You're going to go head first if yeah. you can to get to get it. But you know, like to have to to bend over and touch your toes for a 14, 15 inch walleye that you're not too excited about that when you're our age and you're wearing a bunch of gear. Yeah, totally. He, the the author's point just said whatever is going to happen is going to happen. He's like, it's fifty fifty. You like me lose some, but you're probably going to let it go anyways. You know, maybe that maybe what we need to do is come out with some ice fishing exercises, like where oh. you put your gear on and you just keep working on reaching, bending over and touching your toes, <laughs> even with your bibs on. So you kind of get stretched out so you can move in one limber fashion when you need yeah. to get grab something out of the hole and you don't pull a back muscle or something. Ice, ice fish boot camp? Is that what you're talking about? Ice fish, fish boot camp, yeah. Ice, fish ice boot fishing camp. boot camp. You got to put your bibs on and then like... To the ground, yeah. up. To the ground, up, down. Kneel, stand. Go run through, go, go walk for two miles through snow one foot deep. <laughs> Heart attack. <laughs> block in that. Uh, what about the, well, you don't need it for the ice auger anymore, but what about for a snowmobile, you know, the starting the pole chain, you got to get your arm oh, going. Oh, yeah. yeah. Start, the, start the engine. You got to get yep, those muscles going. Start the engine. Got to, got to really brace for some of those older snowmobiles lose your rotor cuff the, the ice the ice auger squats you like down up <laughs> down squat 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 the tie your boot maneuver if your boot comes oh, yeah, tied, yeah. that kind of thing yeah 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 okay we could come up with a whole a whole range of those <laughs> there's the sprint no to the, ever the the flag sprint to get to the tip up the tip up sprint oh yeah you could do that and then you have to do the shaking off the trip you know, like yeah. when the guy kicks your back foot, <laughs> you kind of hop on one foot. You have to work on recovering to that, your recovery. <laughs> well, then you have the wrestling part where you wrestle somebody to get who gets the tip up first. I, I think what we're doing here is actually setting up for a pretty good TikTok if we could put all this together. <laughs> so maybe the next time we get together, we'll have to do our ice fishing exercise TikTok. What do you think, Jeff? I, I think so. I think that would be awesome. Before, like, warm-ups, yes. Yep, our warm-ups, and we'll have to get Sean and Holy and Dave in on that, too. I don't think we'll get them in on that, but maybe. All right, so these are some things I added after you've gone to your boot camp. Uh, okay. I said the assist is a big deal. I've never caught a really big one solo. I mean, you can kind of get one arm on the rod and the other one in the hole, but my experience is big walleyes you have to get somebody to help you lift that out of the hole. Like it's not just going to come out. It, it's hard. I don't have a recent experience with that. But like, but you kind of pin them to the side of the hole <laughs> and lift. Pin and lift, yeah, right? You, yeah, you got it. You can't, you can't be, you can't be afraid of them. You no. can't be afraid of the gill plates. You just get your you gotta, hands in there and you get gotta, your hand in there and grab that gill, you know, the, the gill plate and yep. get them out. Cause you want to be, um, if you can, you want to let them go back, right? So yeah, I mean, so you don't want to use like a gaff or a hook yeah, or anything like yeah. crazy like that because you're going to injure the fish. And the, the last thing was, do you remember the? Have you ever seen the crappie coffin? I haven't seen these yeah. for a while, but that, I I know I saw them. But there's like a flapper in the bottom of your hole that will come up. Man, I, mean, I don't know. Kind of cool for like a permanent shack, but port portable. Just one more thing to carry out and put in and deal with 
But what do you think? And I don't remember how they worked, but there was a flap on the bottom, right? That you'd close mm-hmm. when you got the fish in the hole. But the challenge, I would think, wouldn't your line wrap around that thing and be a big mess? And- I, if if my line, I mean, my line will wrap around an ice crystal <laughs> on the side of the hole and make me have to get out of my chair. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, if you're fishing with two-pound test, you can't horse it yeah. around. No, I know. Right? You can't just... Every time I do, I break the dang line, and then I'm really mad because yeah. now I got to go get my little jig back, and I have to get my magnifying <laughs> glass out to retie my jig. Your Star Wars magnifying glasses? Yes. Although I need them too, I, I struggle with. The I'll same get thing. a picture next time I fish. I'll get a picture of me with those right. suckers on. You'll be, it, it's. I tell you what, it's a good thing I'm married. Already, <laughs> they're not so cute. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I would. It's not an image you want. <laughs> That's all we're going to say about that one. <laughs> all right. Those and snot sickles. I, you know, whatever. All right. So we do have a fishing report, Jay, other than the one we just, we're going to get from Ole on Leech. Uh, I got out in the local lake. We did pretty well. I actually got out there twice. So I got went out once with my brother-in-law and once with my son. Uh, we walked out. It wasn't a long walk, but... It's funny, we went two times, and the first time there wasn't much snow, and it was easy to walk out. The last time I went, there was a lot of snow, and the, the walking was hard, even though it wasn't very far. So we walked out. There was a couple snowmobiles out there and four-wheelers that were getting stuck, but there was a fair amount of snow. The four-wheelers weren't doing real well, huh? I mean, you know, some of them, as long as you kept on going and kept it pinned, you could kind of bounce through it, but, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't good. That's the hard part about like trying to figure out what what do you want your machine right. choice to be for ice fishing because there's no like one perfect solution. I I don't know. I think if you're going for only ice fishing for one perfect solution, I think a snowmobile will get you there most often. You think so? I, I can't think of a situation where I can think of situations where a four-wheeler might be easier, but it, a snowmobile will always work. There's times where a four-wheeler, it's just too deep. Just not going to happen. Unless you have tracks. A four-wheeler with tracks, it's probably pretty good. I don't know. I've never used one, but I would think it would be good. So anyways, we got out there. Uh, we was looking for weeds. You know, kind of in a previous podcast, we talked about this. And couldn't really find any, but we hunted around. It was really cold, but I refused to set up until we found a fish. <laughs> I'm like... We're going to suck it up. We're just going to fish for a while. So we just started going, drilling holes, you know, kind of hopping around, found some fish uh, and set so up. So when you mean you found some fish, what what did you do? How did you, did you, you caught a fish or you marked fish? Um, Both. We marked fish and then we caught a fish and then okay. we caught a couple fish and then it was like, let's stay here. Then, then you set up. Yeah. And, and they would move in and out. They weren't always there, but they were always close by. We did get out of the shack for a little bit and fished over there, but it was really cold. It was like five or 10 below. So, you know, you can't, I mean, you need to be warm. I mean, it's because mm-hmm. fishing without gloves on is hard. You can do it a little bit, oh but my God. Yeah. It, when it's that cold, I mean, you need somewhere. So, so I went through my taco door, you know, back and forth through my taco door. <laughs> and the, the, pillow with legs went through the taco door <laughs> and, and but but we caught some and, and he had a camera which was really fun so he could watch them we could see them down there and 
you could see him fishing, you know, and he was using it to catch fish. Like he'd watch them suck in the mm-hmm. bait and pull it in. So it was that kind of like shallow. We were in like six, eight feet of water. I wanted to be shallower, but the fish told me that's where they were. So that's where we stayed. And we were catching sunnies. They weren't um, giant sunnies, right? But um, they were pretty good. What did you have on? So I was using a tungsten jig. <laughs> got, what color? Yes. What kind? Uh, what so shape? actually, um, I found, you know, we talked a little bit about the Clam Pro Tackle. I was using the Dingle Drop. With the Dingle Drop. The Dingle Drop, it has a... It was pink with a little red dingleberry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Here it is down here. The dingle drop. I put it in her notes. It's like red and pink with a little orange. And then I also used a swirl drop kick, kick jig, which is from Clam Outdoors okay. too. They're both Clam Outdoor ones. Um, I actually really liked them. I know it seems weird, but I have a bunch of other small dropper type jigs. But these ones seem to be the right weight. They seem to work well, and the fish ate them, so we went with those. Okay. Just some waxies. Um, we did catch one on a minnow. I mean, we caught, I don't know how many sunnies we caught. We caught a lot of sunnies. Um, they weren't all big, but it wasn't like dink sunfish either, right? You know how sometimes you catch those little ones that are just mm-hmm. like three-inch sunfish or whatever big they are. Yeah. Um, these were, we, we kept some to eat, but we could have kept more right like we we mm-hmm. um we kept a few and it was a good time i mean there's nothing better i took no my son out and he had a great time caught a bunch of fish i mean you got to get that sometimes with kids you got to get into them right you go to malax and you fish for walleyes and they're like gosh does it, we catch one fish a day or two fish a day you know like i mean you got to get them into some sometimes so yeah yeah so, you do because it allowed me to show him how to like get the fish off the hook, you know, how to bait his hook. Cause there's enough going on versus, you know, when you catch one or two fish, you don't get a lot of chances to do that stuff. So it was, it was awesome. Well, I think that's the beauty of pan fishing too, versus trying to walleye fish with kids. Yeah, it, it was great. And and I like pan fishing. I, I'm not against pan fishing. I, I, that's how I started. That's what I always did. At least you had one. I, I didn't get out. I regretfully inform people I did not. <laughs> I had every intention of getting out, yeah. and I just, I just did, couldn't make it happen. Well, life gets in the way. That's why we have it a sure podcast. Did. We can talk. About I know it. that I can talk about ice fishing. I mean that that's that's our roots, right? We talk about ice fishing when we actually get to fish. Unfortunately, we, we do. But that that changes. You know, I go in spurts. So. It does. You'll get out there, Jay. I hope so. You you made a contract with yourself to get out this weekend right this upcoming i'm gonna try on monday again yeah try yeah there don't you know the yoda there is no try try. there There, there is a there there is a try when i have people coming on tuesday (laughs) to lay a kitchen floor and i have to take the tear the whole kitchen out and Uh, do wiring and run gas line before monday just just do what all contractors do i had a conflict and i couldn't get it done and come the next day (laughs) yeah and that pushes back the cabinet guy. It's just a it's a parade of horribles if I don't get my chores done. Gear. Um, looked at the camera a little bit. This Aquaview camera. I really like this little camera. Did that's, you buy that? No, that's what my brother in law oh. has. That's what we were using. Oh, okay. So he has one. It's really nice because it's so portable. He just sticks it in yeah. his pocket. You pull it out. You unwind the thing. He doesn't have a 
ban- a panner. It just shows from the top a lot. That's what he how he was using it, just showing it from okay. the top. But I just like the portability, right? It, it's super mm-hmm. easy, and he said it can go out to a TV screen. I don't know. So, hmm. so AquaView Micro Stealth is what the, something like that. Yeah, those uh, Markham has one. Vexlar, I think. Does Vexlar have a little portable one? I haven't seen a Vexlar one. Maybe it's AquaView and Markham that have Must be. Markham Recon, I think. Those are nice little cameras. It's more for portable, but then you can bring it wherever you need to go. Yep. We had fun with it, and I would recommend it. I don't have one yet, but, you know, it's on the list. (laughs) Uh, I got a new rod bag, Jay. What'd you get? So I got this Eskimo 42-inch rod locker. I got it at Shields. Okay, it looks nice. I'd look just pulled it up, and it holds four rods. So I mainly got this because, you know, I bought that new fancy rod, and I was seriously concerned right. about breaking it. Right. So, so and it has this nice little pouch in the top that fits all my tackle. So I was able okay. to move from my old soft sided one to this one, and it fit everything. And then the four rods are protected by hard plastic. And okay, and I don't need more than four rods. So, so there's room for your tip ups in there. Um, I mean, you could fit them in there in the middle part, probably, yep. but I think I'm going to do a separate tip-up bag. I will put in, and I'm kind of partial to these now, those Arctic or Arctic full collapsible ones instead of the Beaver Dam. One of those will fit in here. Okay. It's a little heavier because the plastic in it to keep your rod safe weighs a sure. bit more. It has a strap, which is important to me because when I walk out like this weekend, I just carry it like a... It's not a backpack, but it's a strap that I can carry, so it frees up space in my sled for other things. Sure, I, that makes sense. I looked at this uh, Striker Ice one, which I really yep. kind of liked, but it was really big, and I didn't know if I wanted something quite so big because just it holds five rods, but it's way bigger. I was concerned about its size. I mean, even the one I got is kind of big. I was going to get... They sell two models. There's a... 42 and a 32 i think but yeah the 42 was cheaper than the 32 at shields because it was on sale so the bigger the more expensive one was cheaper than the cheaper one if that makes sense okay yeah so i'm like well you might as well go with the big one but well that'll fit quite a long rod then uh, yes i think that's why they're on sale because the 32 inch ones would fit 32 inch rods and the 42 inch one would 42 inch rods but and how long is your longest one 32 okay so you got some room to grow yeah, I mean, I don't know if I need it that big, but it was cheaper. And you get more space in the middle than the store stuff, too. So Yeah, okay. Probably makes sense. a few more pounds. Um, it was much smaller than the the Striker Ice one, which I really kind of like, too, but it was so big. I mean, it was just next-level sized. You always consider weight. I, I do. Some of those, like, well, that one you won't be able to keep inside of your shack. Right, Yes. Yep. And see, you know, if you're using it for tackle storage and all your odds and ends, yep. it's all going to be sitting outside. And you'll be like, oh, right. gosh, I wish I had my pliers right now. I did order a new shuttle for my, my Helix 7. So this yeah, is Are you getting rid of the Markham shuttle you were using? Yes, I am getting rid of it. I just don't get the battery life out of it that I really need. In three or four hours, it's down to like 30 or 40%. Oh, that's not practical. It's just so... Has it always been that way or is it just dying? It's kind of always been that way. It barely... Well, and then I watched this guy on YouTube, and maybe I shouldn't watch YouTube, but he tests all these batteries. And the battery in the lithium shuttle is a different type of battery 
that doesn't hold his voltage as long as okay. as like the like the amped outdoors guy like we had on. Okay. They're a different style of battery and they hold their voltage longer, which is important because like if you look at your flashers and stuff, they require a minimum voltage. And yes. when they say like 15 amp hours, they were showing the lithium shuttle can only hold 12 or 11, 11 volts for only like half of that time. Oh, that, the other half, it good. falls off the end and it's not enough. So it's really, you're not getting the performance out of your thing because you're on a low voltage situation, right? Okay. For a lot of it. So um, I think it would work fine for like probably a flasher. But if you look at the, the Helix 7 that I have, it takes... Um, like 0.8, I'm going to get this wrong. Say, say a Vexlar takes 0.25 amp hours. This thing takes like 0.85. Like, so every oh. hour that goes by, I'm using yeah. more than double the power with my yeah. Helix than a Vexlar is, right? So I think yeah. that the shuttle would work good for a flasher, be totally fine, right? But for, for using the Helix 7, that sucks more juice. That makes perfect sense. So up next, we have an on-site fishing report from our buddy Oli, who is up on Leech Lake as we speak fishing. And so he's up next. All right. Tonight, we have our buddy Oli, who joined us to give us a fishing report from Leech Lake. And this guy is is on Leech Lake while I'm working during the week. And I, I don't know if I appreciate this or not, but... <laughs> He absolutely at least agreed to tell us about his exploits and, and give us a fishing report midweek. It's Tuesday, I guess, but uh, almost mid, kind of midweek, on midweek eve. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a holiday week, so it's pretty it's short. Anyways. Who knows yeah. what's going on this week? Nobody knows what day of the week it is. So, Oli, hit Wait. us. What do you got? What are you getting? How many walleyes you got? Uh, no walleyes. Uh, okay. We well, have... thanks for coming on the show tonight. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, we've gotten reports of uh, walleyes being caught around us. Um, actually, I think Kathy just said like the fourth twenty-seven incher, sixth wow. twenty-seven incher in our general area out of our lodge in the last uh, day and a half. So a lot of lunkers are being caught. Well, I guess it's all with respect to how many people are out here, right? We got here on Christmas day. Uh, so we're about to spend our third night out here in the last day and a half. Uh, it's gotten a lot busier. Um, the ice has been thickening really well. It's rebounded from all that snow that we got that was flooding. I know Dave's lake was hit pretty hard by that too, but he finally got out. So, uh, things are rebounding nicely and they're letting, uh, pretty much, all rigs out now, but the heavier rigs have to stay on the roads that have been plowed for a few weeks and maintained because the ice is much thicker, like uh, anywhere from a foot and a half to two feet thick, which is kind of what you need for these rigs. What's that? You're not looking to push the envelope this year yet with that? Oh, it was kind of a pucker factor. Just, uh, I mean, the anxiety <laughs> we had... <laughs> Just coming onto the lake, you know, and it was dark when we got here and the roads were pretty icy and we uh, tried a shortcut that turned out to be a kind of a white knuckle affair road. Probably one what's considered one of the more scenic roads in the state. Um, <laughs> so if we were going like 25 miles an hour on icy roads and then getting to the lake, it's a fairly decent hill you're coming down. 
so you go like super, super slow. I had the truck in neutral, um, just trying not to uh, go into a slide, just coming down the hill and weaving around their trees and buildings to get down onto the ice. But we made it, and cool. uh, things are good. The ice is good. There's been a little flooding. On our site, is very minimal. But uh, other sites, uh, it's definitely like the whole slip is a skating rink because of the flooding and cracking. Um, and then if you go out further where there's 16 inches or less, I guess, Kathy drove around with the forerunner and found quite a bit more flooding going on further out you go. When, when you talk about slips, what do you mean? Because not everybody knows what that means. Uh, so when you go to Leach or Winnie, a lot of the resorts are plowing slips. Um, so it's almost like showing up to a campground. They have plowed roads and then they have loops off of those plowed roads and they have slips that you you uh, back into just like you would in a campground where um, most of the time when we've gone to Upper Red, there's roads and they might plow through a snowbank here and there, but there's not like a uniform campground feel to it. You once you leave the road, you're just you're off roading. Okay. Uh, they don't really offer slips from most of the resorts unless you specify or specifically call up and ask them to do that for you for an extra fee. Okay. Whereas uh, around Leach and Winnie so far, what we found is most of these places do it uh, just as the norm, which is really nice. Uh, our slip is probably 30 feet wide and what would you say, 100 feet deep? Yeah, we have the wheelhouse sitting smack dab in the middle and then we disconnected the truck and pulled that way forward. So just far enough where our 50-foot extension cord reaches the generators in the back of the truck. And then the Starlink is in the far back. Yeah, so the Starlink is away. So we have clear line of sight around the wheelhouse. So we're using all of it. Four-wheelers sitting behind the camper. Everything is spread out. Wonderful. And you don't have all your weight in one spot, too. Right. And then Hayden and his buddy came up uh, and spent the night with us. Uh, so they had uh, the slip next to us, and they were fishing out of the, their flip over uh, for most of the day and then joined us last night. And then they had headed back today, and now Haley is up with us, and we have our dogs, which is perfect because now uh, I'm working from up here, and <laughs> I got my coworkers that normally hang out in the office with me. So I still have my supervisors with me. That's awesome. At least you get some work done that way. <laughs> yeah so so no fish in the shack yet is that kind of what you're saying uh no we've got uh a, we have we have a pretty good bucket of jumbo perch um Aiden, uh, i think i sent you guys a picture earlier he caught a really nice pike mm-hmm. and uh we put a knife to that because i've wanted to try crab cakes for a long time oh and i know people use pike for that so remember years ago ron showed us how to put a knife to a big pike yep i did my best to remember that lesson and uh get bone free pike meat and are you talking the is that the, the five to, the five piece method that one yep yeah so, oh yeah uh, i i could I, do that at one time before i gagged before you got your uh your aversion to the pike 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I messed it up a little bit. I know I got about halfway through it, and I realized I didn't do it quite right. But um, I think I know how to do it now. But what I noticed with pike is um, if you play a catfish or an eel pelt, you always find the back of the rib cage, and you go down, turn the blade, and go off the tail, right? Yep. And then that's that's all you take, right? Well, I remember the five pieces, two of those big pieces were the slabs towards the tail, right? Yeah, yep. And I was thinking, okay, so where does the rib cage end? So you can't feel the rib cage on a pike or a walleye for that matter, you know, because it's buried under a lot of meat. Whereas on an eel pout or a catfish, it's just subdermal um, until yeah. it, it's not there, right? So you kind of guess, and I I guess wrong. <laughs> so I just had to, I had to spoon out a little bit of rib cage. Yeah, that's okay. Took the back right. strap. Nobody's back judging strap you first. except for us. <laughs> yes, and I... I looked at the back strap and I'm like, that looks like it's way longer than it should be. And it was cupped at the end because I had the rear top pin on it, which I'm like, this isn't right because I don't know how you'd fillet this because it was like, it's curved. You can't, you can't <laughs> yeah. fillet that or, or skin it. So yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah, I screwed this all up. But I still ended up with a full gallon Ziploc full of meat. Oh, yeah. Big Northern like that. Absolutely. having done it well. Yeah, so that should be enough for some crab cakes. Cool. So what are you catching the jumbo perch on? Anything. Uh, we've got plain hooks, uh, fire red hooks tend to be working the best. So yeah, plain hooks, and then we've been using uh, lots of tiny little uh, jigs, the demon jigs, little tungst- tungsten jigs, which I, I hate I hate the term tungsten jig because it means nothing. Um, but uh a small jig, uh, horizontal presentation, and then uh, rattle reels. Uh, we have not used a tip-up yet. That'll come tomorrow. Sure. We've got plans for that. So on crappie minnows then? Or what kind of minnow? We have shiners, fatheads, rainbows, and suckers and crappie minnows, and they have eaten all of it. And spikes and waxies. Oh. They are not picky. Waxies are probably wax are waxies are the least effective. A head of a crappie minnow is probably the best for the perch. Actually, I was a couple of minutes late to this because we we landed a nice jumbo right before I got on the call. Well, that we'll give you uh, a break on that. <laughs> yeah. We don't have a lot of live fishing on yeah. the show, so this is pretty cool. No, so it's been good. I mean, we've used the camper quite a bit since we got it, but this is the first time fishing out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeff, you know, you've gone through all of it, right? So I was like, slush bucket or no yep. slush bucket? And turns out when you drill the holes initially, you don't need a slush bucket. I mean, there was no mess. But now I'm already thinking I probably should re-drill. Mm. And I've seen what happens when you redrill, and that is a messy deal. I think it's an early season and late season thing too. When it gets really thick, there's just a lot more slush. Cause like when you drill a hole and there's only like whatever, 18 inches or whatever, you know, it kind of goes off to the sides of the hole and kind of actually makes kind of a nice okay. 
insulated sleeve, you know, as you drill the hole, but when it gets three feet deep, okay. then, then, you know, you get more chips. It just, it really starts to be kind of a mess. Oh, okay. So that's been my experience. We haven't really tried it yet. And I'm also going to find out how well an ion does or does not like to redrill a hole. Mm. Um, I have not pulled the trigger on the 10 inch, but I definitely will. Cause when you're sitting here for a while, it's not like being mobile. Like we've always been your holes start to, to yep. shrink on you. And when an eight inch shrinks, you're down to a six inch <laughs> hole pretty quick, you know? So, uh, a 10 inch definitely has its advantages. Yeah. I went to a 10. Um, I did get a chipper blade, but I had my eight inch razor, whatever they call them, you know, the straight blades. Um, it went through it just fine. Everybody I've heard many times, Hey, don't redrill holes with those. They're not good. I mean, I never had a problem with it. You just stuck it down there and it drilled a hole. So I, I feel like you, the strike masters that you and Dave have or have had anyway, have redrilled holes better than everything else I've ever used. Yeah. Jiffy and Ion included. That's where I think Strike Master really shines is their ability to redrill a hole. Yeah. They do it. They just seem to do it easier. Another 27 incher cut out here, I guess. <gasps> nice. But, but not, but not you. Hopefully I'm going to show you the next one. Live, <laughs> That'd be good. If, if we if you, catch it during the big, show. If you get a big one on, we'll go Facebook we'll live. Recorded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we keep on threatening to do a live show, but we haven't done it yet. So, Right. Well, thanks for so the you fishing. got out yesterday, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just local, uh, local lake. You would know the lake, but I won't mention it here. <laughs> but <laughs> you would know exactly which yeah. lake I was on. Um, yeah, we're hitting some yeah. nice sunnies, just like good keeper sunnies, not giants, but not dinks either. There, it was, and they were hitting hard and yeah, fast. The picture you sent that looked like a that was a really nice keeper you on the picture you sent. Yeah, it was about eight and a half for a, for a sunny. Yeah, was, yeah. So, like, I looked at it and That's went, hmm, should I keep it? Should I not? You know, and I'm like, well, it's not that big, it's not like trophy or anything, right? And we aren't keeping a hundred of them, so you know. Jay, have you gotten out since Leech? No, Leech not since since Red. No, or oh, Red. I mean, yeah. No, it's just been. Okay. Nope, haven't. You know, when we still didn't have ice when I came back from that trip, and then um, we finally started making ice when we got into that kind of blizzard scenario. And other than with okay. the holidays, I just haven't. Friday, I was going to try to get out sure. Friday, and it was still 30, 30 to thirty five mile an hour winds. Oof. I like did not go ice fishing on one Friday. degree outside and yeah, trying that to get ready for Christmas and everything. It just was, just didn't get there. I brought Hayden and his buddy out to uh, another local lake Jeff, yeah. that you would know that we, we had fished together before. And um, it was like 15 below and 20 mile an hour winds, but him and his buddy were determined to fish, you know, Four-wheelers were no longer an option on that lake. You would get stuck. Some of those lakes that are down in the wooded ravine. Yep. Definitely collect that snow and you ain't getting far. You probably already know which lake I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Description, but <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, so, I'm sure yeah. it's the same lake, Oli. I can guarantee you it's the same lake we're oh, talking about. Yeah. So. <laughs> based on based on the quality of your, your, your fish, yeah, I kind of figured it might have been that one. Yep. Yeah. 
Well, cool. So what, so what do you find different? I know you've been to a couple of lakes already this year, Ole fishing. Um, what do you find different leech versus red lake? Like what's, how, how do you fish it differently? Red lake is, is a dead stick lake. Um, 90% of your fish will be from a dead stick on that lake. You will catch some jigging, but if you're, if you're out there for a number of days straight, let's say you catch 20 fish you're probably going to have caught 15 of those 20 on a dead stick. It's been that way for the last three, three or four seasons that I've fished it. Dead stick is just king on red. Even uh, watching uh, in-depth outdoors, they, they said the same thing. Almost all their catches were on their dead sticks. They're still jigging, which a lot of times draws them in to catch them, right? But uh, dead stick is where the, the fish tend to commit to. And then the biggest thing with red is... If the walleye aren't biting, you're basically not catching. There's just not a whole lot fish that you're going to, other species that are in decent numbers that you're going to get into a lot of fish on red, um, especially yeah. if you're targeting walleye, right? Mm-hmm. You're not you're not in the, the super shallows where you're going to get into bluegills or crappies. I mean, crappies are caught. Um, and if you catch them up there, they're they're dandies right but we have been on upper red probably eight weekends over the last three years now and have not caught a crappie yet wow so that tells you how few and far between they are um you'll catch an errant pike here and there but still not very often compared to other lakes i've fished leech um on the far other side of the lake a few weeks ago and when the walleye weren't there we caught really so our neighbor just caught that so the guy that caught the last 27 is about 300 feet away from us and you're like dang it if i would have taken that slip instead (laughs) i think i think you need to walk over there with your phone and get a fishing report from that guy right tell him you got the hard water fishing show on the line and they want an update from somebody that can catch a fish well yeah so when the walleye weren't there we were catching pout um, we were catching nice, nice pike, a uh, nice jumbo perch. Um, and then the walleye showed up and we did okay on those as well. And then this weekend, it's been the same deal, except we haven't come across the walleye yet. You're catching when the walleye aren't around. That's the yeah. biggest thing I know. Sure. So that's what I really appreciate. Uh, leech is kind of a smorgasbord by comparison. Sure. And it just keeps you more entertained, right? Speaking of entertainment, this is the first time I fished with a camera. That has been really oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Isn't that fun? And I then, enjoy uh, it. Le- it. It is. And then leech uh, has uh, the rusty crayfish. It's an invasive species, so it's not a cool thing that they're here. But they are here, and you see them all over on the camera. Really? They even crawl on your camera. Yes. Huh. Well, all of a sudden you see this lobster looking thing on your screen and uh, we've even had them crawl onto our jigs and we've pulled them all the way up. And I think, yeah, if you, if you have a scoop in hand, you can probably actually get it out of the water. But as soon as they see like the ice, they usually abandon the jump ship, but uh, <laughs> they will ride 20 feet up, you know? Wow. So huh. yeah. Do you have a recipe for those? So I'd- <laughs> Not not yet, but I'm thinking I might have to get some kind of a trap and, and drop it down because we could have a craw bake. That'd be kind of <laughs> cool. 
I tell you, people doing it and it's really tasty. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. What kind of camera did you get, Sean? Uh, It's a AquaView multi-view. So uh, it just, it was built in. So we just streamed it on one of the TVs. Got it. I've seen those. Is that the one that four four cameras that like points four away? Is that kind of one? No, it's, uh, I think the multi-view is just, it's a unit that's made to mount into a, a house, right? Oh, gotcha. And then it's, it's, uh, it's wired into the camper, so yeah. you can send it to whatever uh, display you have. Cool. Okay. Um, you could put whatever camera down, too, I think. I think mine is just the whatever camera it comes with. You know? Sure. <laughs> it's not an upgrade or anything. Right. So. It's been kind of fun until it gets dark. I was looking at those cameras they have now that have the cameras that go all the way so you don't have to mess with the panner. And we don't have a panner. And you realize how, how difficult that is. <laughs> you need to buy <laughs> you don't yeah, have. that. Yeah. Rem- I have a little remote yeah. panner, and that, that is like the yeah. best. I mean, otherwise, you're yeah, so I've already, like playing a game of operation. On the shopping list, Jay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, so uh, we have the the rattle reels that we used the last two seasons in our hub shack, where we would clamp the rattle reel onto the end of the uh, yep. the the cots. Sure. And uh, so we're um, one of those. I was just using the clamp. So the I would clamp the cable, and then the uh, the catch cover would hold the hold it above the ground. Yep. You know. Yep. But then you have to turn the rattle reel like a dial, oh. you know, to get yep. it to face your lure and stuff. Yep. But uh, it works for now. Yeah, yeah. Good enough. Cool. It's very entertaining, though. I mean, you can fish so much longer when you can see it. And then right. you watch it. It was kind of funny because the very first 15 minutes I'm using it, I'm watching all these perch. And... One comes by and I'm like, ooh, that's a decent sized perch. And I get him to commit. I catch him reeling them up. He had <laughs> been about four and a half inches long. So it's just learning how close they are to your camera and yeah. you know, the gauge of the size is that takes a while. Cause I thought I had a keeper and it was barely bigger than my plane. <laughs> when you see a big one come through, you'll realize how little all the rest of them are. I was watching uh, 1923, and then I had uh, the camera on my other hole, and I just once in a while, I'd look at the other camera, and all of a sudden, I had a pike that went from one side of the screen to the other side of the screen. I'm like, oh, my God, just a huge pike. (laughs) And it's fun that you see those come through, and all the perch scattered like a minute earlier. And then you know why, because all of a sudden this train of a pike comes through. Wow. And then it's like 30 seconds later, boom, all the perch are back. Huh. Um, in the morning, it seems like they were all moving to deeper water because they're all going for one direction. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of cool. And huh. then you watch the tiny perch. They bite a full minnow and they only have the head or they only have the tail. You can still see your whole hook, you know, if you <laughs> hung them horizontal at yep. the dorsal fin. Uh, so, you know, if you try to set hook, you're just yanking it out of their mouth. So it's kind of cool. And then being able to just finesse your rod and see what it's doing to your lure. And I had a dropper chain on, which is 
you know, there's two different types of drop hooks that you, well, three, I guess. There's either the mono that you can tie yourself, there's the cable that you buy, or there's the chain. The cable is so stiff, um, just, a, just a twitch of your forefinger on the top of the rod is really all you need to invoke a dance of, oh. of whatever's on your hook, right? Okay. Um, it's just barely, barely a flinch of your forefinger. And uh, with the cable, it might get the hook to dance, but the cable is just stiff. So it really doesn't let it flutter. Oh. Like you see on the commercials, right? Whereas a dropper chain is totally flexible, not impacted by cold where you get stiffer or anything. So I think the chain is hmm. probably, I'm going to try that probably tomorrow because I've got some of the BMC dropper chains yep. and see the difference. I think the chain is really going to give you that flutter that you want. Um, whereas the one that I have, the, I picked it up at Swanson's. I think it's a local lure company and the cable is actually molded straight into the lead jig. Oh. Um I caught fish on it. I like it. It just doesn't it doesn't impart a true flutter action when you're trying to finesse it. Hmm. That's really interesting. It's kind of edu- it's educational. I'm thinking we need like Kirko two chains now. <laughs> like what chains? <laughs> Kirko two chains. You watch yeah, football only. I'm lost. Her cousins well. with his, his chains. You know what I'm talking about. Ask Kathy; she'll know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that'll be our next Kirko. lure. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell her; she'll know what it is. Don't you watch K- the Vikings? Kirko two chains. You know what that means? She doesn't know what that means. Either. Oh my god! Oh yeah, we watch the Vikings this, this season. How can you not? I w- I will send you. Season they're going to make an ESPN movie about. <laughs> Oh, the Kirk Cousin chain? Yeah, they call them Kirko Two Chains. Mm. Mm. <laughs> they call them Kirko Two Chains, I guess. I don't know. That must be a morning talk show you're getting the nickname from that we maybe aren't listening to. I don't know. <laughs> he, he flew back from one of their their things, and all all the guys gave him chains, and so he had chains. I think we need to bring this back to ice fishing. We seem to have wandered a bit. It's chains. We're talking about ice fishing with Isn't drop that, chains. It's the same the thing. hard water fishing show tradition. We haven't it, taken enough deviation. Yeah, I come know. on. I'm I'm phasing out over. I know nothing about what you're talking about. So. Well, mm-hmm. you can you can check with that Iowa football team to see how. They yeah, are, yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's all you got. That's all you got. That's all you can ever say. So, oh, what's your professional football team? We don't have one because it's not worth it. <laughs> Hawkinson came from Iowa. There you go. There you go. All right. I suppose we can get back on on schedule here. We're probably offending all of our Packer fan listeners. So probably and whoever else. Yeah. (laughs) Go Packers. All right. So, Sean, do you have an ice fishing legend for us today? Yeah. So we started the day with Jason making the sourdough pancakes. This will be relevant in a little bit. So then we <laughs> we uh, we get uh, to finally to where we can park uh, alongside that road, um, where we're not going to be blocking basically non-existent traffic anyway. But uh, we wouldn't be blocking the road, right? We're out in the middle of nowhere. I think it took us 
an hour, an hour and 15 to get to where we parked the truck, if I remember right. It was either fish and there then, or drive back home and fish the lake next to our house. So, <laughs> And we did pass one lake on our way there that was also on our radar that we never did fish. But Matt fished like the next year, and I think he has plans to go back. We probably should have hit that instead, but um, that's not our style, right? We're just going to put ourselves through misery and yes, and usually not be fruitful. So True. Uh, so we finally find a place to park and then we we drive the snowmobiles probably four miles and we come to an intersection and i'm like we got to stop a minute and i had to scarf down an apple a snickers and a granola bar because i was getting terrible uh blood sugar crash and that's when i realized uh, pancakes and i are done <laughs> uh, unless you can Give me some sausage or some other protein with it. You so, and pancakes uh, are not friends. <laughs> you and nope. pancakes are not friends anymore. Just like I'm not friends with Gary. Nope. nope. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't say it in a very odd way in a public place. I'm not friends with Gary. No, you and Gary are no longer in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to explain that whole joke to my kids the other day, and they just looked at me like I was from outer space. They're like, yeah. well, it's okay if he's friends with Gary, Dad. It's not a big deal these days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like Gary. He just doesn't like me anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> they didn't get it. They didn't understand so, the whole joke. <laughs> so I think at that point we were – we weren't far from a lake that we wanted to try for trout because that's, that's always been <laughs> my unicorn. And so, yep. uh, so we, so Dave and I said, well, we'll break trail, see if we can get there. Cause we're in some remote stuff and, uh, it's not an area that's been treaded. Right. I mean, there was a lot of deep powder and, not any sign really of anybody even snowmobiling where we were um so except for that main railroad bed there was some tracks but anyway we dave and i go to break trail and we find the lake and we realize the ice is no good was there any ice was there actually something, ice? Some, something to something to do with a spring hole <laughs> uh, that was what was the name of that? And, yeah, Spring Hole Lake or something. Yeah. <laughs> Literally yeah. had a spring hole in the ice. Hmm. Yeah, and it was tiny. Uh, you could throw a rock uh, to the far shore um, from any side of the lake. It was just a little circle. Um, so, yeah, I don't think the ice was... You, I don't think you could stand on that ice anywhere. And then the snowpack was so deep that year... Yeah. It was well insulated on top of it, right? So there was just no chance of us trying to venture out onto it. So Dave and I quickly determined that that wasn't going to work. And when we turned around, my machine basically just broke down. It sputtered really hard and uh, just died. And that was really unfortunate because it was really deep powder and very rugged terrain in fairly thick woods that we kind of had to break trail through. So now Dave had to tow me 
Um, God. so we tied my ski to his bumper and then I pushed wherever I could. And, uh, I mean, you've seen Dave do some pretty wicked things on the snowmobile. This was one of those moments where he <laughs> was standing on one rail ski up on the other side and he's not letting off the throttle. He was turning by bouncing his skis off the trees that were dangling in the air. <laughs> so it was wow. pretty, a pretty amazing driving uh, uh, abilities on his part. Um, and in the meantime, I am just about dying of exhaustion because I am trying to run and push up a hill at the same time and getting a face full of snow from his, his machine at the same time. Oh, man. We we managed to get out of it, but uh, it was one of those crazy exhaustion moments. And then it turns out when I got home, it was uh, $3.32 for a spark plug cap. Oh, yeah. All I did took me took me five minutes to put a new spark plug cap on, put it on, and started right up, and it was purring. All it was. So That's I've carried so those with me since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We went out to that same area the day before or the day after, right? And that's when we ran into the guy in the middle of nowhere that invited you guys to the cabin while I was breaking trail again. Yep. I yep. think that was the so same that day. Been the day before. Didn't we talk to the guy with okay. no eyebrow, eyebrows while you were up on the mountain doing it's no, spring, uh-uh. right, wasn't it? No, 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 nope. no, it was a different lake. It was a different lake, yeah. Um, that was a lake that was supposed to just be chock full of walleyes, and I think we caught one tiny perch. I mean, it might have been. And, we just uh, didn't find I it. was breaking trail to that, and you guys were all sitting in the middle of nothing. Yeah. And some guy walked out of the middle of nowhere with uh, bib overalls and invited you back to his cabin. <laughs> yes. And then and- I said, just don't come to me i will come back to you because it doesn't look like there'll be any way to turn around if we meet on the trail that's so right. i get halfway through the swamp and there you are and i'm like what did i tell you <laughs> well you don't understand you don't understand <laughs> we were we were in danger we were yeah. in you when the hair yeah. you know i i've I'm lived long enough to when the hair on the back of your neck goes up you listen to it yes yes you just yeah you yeah. gotta, you know, you gotta trust instincts and man, every <laughs> bell was going off that day. Except reason. If you remember, it was snowing and the temperature was supposed to plummet that night. Yeah, and but that's even different. Though we still hadn't caught a fish. You wanted to fish through the night and head out in the morning. Well, yeah. And that's we different. Had to, we had to talk you down. Yeah, that's those are Dude, two different we're things. Die if we do this. It was either <laughs> it was either die in the shack in the woods or die on the lake. Those are your two I mean, choices. It, right. We I think his die. life had already been threatened, so he was getting comfortable with it. He <laughs> said, well, I'm willing to die if I'm fishing. Yeah, I mean, I had I already made made some concessions about my next steps. <laughs> your <Right>. next steps. <laughs> You're gonna go. It sounds like a what a way to go for a senior living center. <laughs> Do they have ice fishing shacks that are senior living centers? Is you know, right? you might be onto something there. You might be onto something. 
you could do a houseboat in the summer where they could line you all up along the rail yeah. so you could fish. And then the winter, they could move right. you to an ice shack so you could fish all winter. I might be onto something there. <laughs> there you go. Well, <laughs> investors, I, anybody that's got money to invest, give me a yes. call. I always got an idea. I, I'm glad that Oli came up with a legend. That was an awesome one. Too. All right. Thanks so much, Oli. We really appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Yep. And you keep catching fish out there in the shack. <laughs> well, as always, we really like to have Oli on the show to tell us about his fishing, even though he's not catching walleyes, but people around him are. So yeah. that's good. Maybe he'll <laughs> give Bell to update us later as to some sort of success or pout, perhaps. He'll maybe catch a good pout this this evening. That'd be awesome. But anyway, we, we want to thank everybody for listening to the show again and uh, tight lines. Cheers. You've been listening to the Hard Water Fishing Show with Jeff and Jason. Say goodbye. One of the most unique podcasts on the planet where we talk about tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Till then, signing off. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.